0: Live from my office here at University of Nebraska-Lincoln, it's Trio 30 Talk First-Generation Discussion. Uh, Last week, we had Stephen Hart on to talk all about his first-generation experience and working here at UNL. And today, we have another episode uh, with a very esteemed uh, guest, I think. Uh, You know, my boss's boss uh we have the great uh assistant vice chancellor for student affairs tj mcdowell jr tj how are you today i'm great how are you i mean i, I really appreciate that warm uh introduction you know i am super excited that you're here today because you've uh you're just you're in student affairs you work with all our students we're with a vast amount of programs across campus uh, i feel like you're really in touch with the students all, all i hear is good things Students really enjoy when you come and talk with them and when you're at the presentations. Um, and you just have a really good energy about you, TJ, that I just wish I aspired to be like. I'm uh, just saying. So. <laughs> well, you
1: bring a lot of energy yourself, so
0: I think you got it. You got <laughs> to set your sights a little higher. Set your sights yeah. a little higher. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, well, TJ, thank you again for, for joining us. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, this, again, just for anyone new listening uh, on the podcast or our YouTube uh this this series is dedicated for first-gen students first-gen faculty staff uh parents of first-gen students to listen to hear about different stories different um trials and tribulations as i guess you can say uh some celebrations of what it means to be a first-gen student some advice you might have uh to learn about that so you can kind of just wait a chance for our incoming our current students to kind of hear about some things to be like hey Uh, This is something I'm struggling with or something I need to learn more about uh, to get in touch with uh, resources here on campus for our First Gen uh, and TRIO students. Uh, So, TJ, let's just start off with your journey into higher education uh, from when you were, you know, getting into ready to go to college your first year and throughout.
1: Yeah, you know, it's so interesting when I, you know, when I think about how I ended up in my role at the University of Nebraska, it's kind of surreal. It's a very unlikely story because I'm, I'm literally a homeboy. I've been a Husker my whole life. I grew up at 3129 Dudley uh, where you and I could walk to the house I grew up in in about 30 minutes. Um, and so I could hear when you were playing that music, I could hear that on game day from my house. Now I couldn't afford to go to the games but I could hear it from, from my house. And so I am a, a first generation college kid. Uh, my dad is from rural Mississippi, he did not he did not graduate from high school and my mom graduated from high school and had me a year and a half later and so I did not grow up in a home where either one of my parents had a college education and where uh one of my parents you know my father was is not a great reader or writer and had, in fact has avoided jobs or any opportunities where that was part of it so yeah I didn't have my I, I didn't have the kind of parental support to get me through college in fact Uh, When I say that my parents didn't help me navigate college, they did set me up to be successful uh, in my early, you know, kindergarten through 12th grade year. Uh, My mom is a really funny person. Uh, She had heard a study before I started kindergarten that kids who ate breakfast did better in school. And so my mom locked in on that. Like it had nothing to do with anything else. It's about eggs and sausage for breakfast and you did good in school. <laughs> and so my, I literally had a, a hot breakfast every single day before school growing up. Wow. There was no such thing as cold cereal in my house. <laughs> and so, so my, my, although my parents couldn't help me you know, apply to colleges, they didn't have it, that background, but they what they did was they made sure that school, I mean, my K-12 education was a priority. They made sure I went to school every day. They made sure I had clean clothes, um, you know, but they were, so they are very supportive, but, uh, and then I went to Nebraska-Westland for my undergrad degree and my parents never, not one day ever stepped foot on that campus.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, so they I kind of my, supported you from like- From the, a distance. From a distance. Yeah,
1: yeah they, they didn't go on any of my college visits. They did not uh, do anything. My first year leaving, they gave me two hundred fifty dollars for books, and my books were four hundred dollars. Thankfully, I had a job so I could cover the rest, and yeah. that was the that was the extent of my financial support from my parents. That was the last financial support I received from my parents.
0: Oh man! Wow! Yeah, so yeah. you're pretty much on on your own uh, financially, on yep. your own, just physically, I guess. I mean, I, yep. I guess the emotional support is there from a distance, yep. but
1: yep, yeah, and 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 my parents. in, in fairness to them, they they didn't know. Understand financial aid or majors, or they didn't know anything about this culture that exists on a college campus. So it's no—I mean, I don't fault them for it. They just didn't know how to do it, and it was a little bit intimidating to be on a college campus. And you know, when I first got to college, uh, I didn't think I belonged. I mean, I was a poor black kid at a—I a, think I—I I always say this is the number I have locked in my head. There were 420 in my first year class, six black black students. And so it felt like everybody else was white it felt like everybody else was a lot had a lot more money and like everybody else understood what was happening like they knew things and so yeah. it took a while for me to navigate that um, I was fortunate that I early on in my tenure found both I was I sought out and and found some some mentors and on, on the faculty and staff who helped me navigate answered my questions uh, encouraged me believed in me you know was my cheerleader and and then I was really fortunate that my my really good friend from fourth grade was my roommate. And so um, we were able to kind of support each other and navigate and encourage each other. And when we would deal with some of the craziness that you deal with, um, being uh, a Black student on a college campus, it wasn't really made for you. Yeah. Um, was uh, was
0: your friend also a first-generation college student? He was. Was, he was. Okay, so you guys were kind of in it together.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Not having
0: a lot of information.
1: Yeah, and Antoine, he then went on to be a... a a superintendent superintendent in Oakland, California, in Washington, oh. D.C. and He's now on the faculty at nebraska Weston and he's my daughter's advisor. My daughter's a senior oh. in, high, in college now, and Antoine, my roommate and friend since fourth grade, is her advisor.
0: Oh, wow. That's a really yeah. nice story. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's, it's great. I mean, wh- how you talk about your parents. It's kind of like I always think of college as like a whole new language, To It if you is. Don't really, if you don't know it or you're not sure what the lingo is, uh, it can be yeah. very, like not sure what what's happening right you know we use yep. all these acronyms we use all yep. these things all these yep. locations and sometimes it just yep. kind of goes way over someone's head if you're not familiar with that which yep. can be a real struggle you talked about some some mentors a little bit um we talked about this with steven this past week but i want to really touch into a little bit more about how these mentors really kind of persuaded you to to be where you are today and like that how what, what are some of the things that they may have said to you that kind of have, have stuck with you till today
1: well, one is that they, they in some ways validated my experience and, and, and said, yeah, what you're feeling is real. You don't and, and, and it's OK, um, you know, that um, that they had and, and one of them had experienced those same things. And so it was really helpful to know that I wasn't I wasn't the only one. Uh, but I think probably the thing they did most was that they kind of they just believed in me and kept encouraging me not to give up on those days where you're like I can't believe I'm dealing with this um and the thing for me academically it I, it was never really so much about academics um Antoine and I went into nebraska Western and we literally went in with the goal of being on the Dean's List our first semester 3.75, 3.75 is needed for Dean's List and we each had in a you know 372 or 373 so we just missed it so academically uh How would it take? I came in, I worked hard. I didn't, I, you know, I I availed myself of the resources so I could be successful academically. For me, the struggle was culturally not feeling like I fit, like I belonged in terms of the broader campus. Especially that first semester. But one of the things that I did that helped that now it's, it's so cool for me to have some leadership of the areas that were so so important, so instrumental to me being successful as I navigated the college experience. So uh, I became a resident assistant, second semester of my first year. I was, I started a, a, a multicultural RSO looking at diversity issues. Um, I was a campus ambassador. Um, I was really involved with our with our um, equity, other equity programs are, our, our, um, gender inclusive place and so I I became really involved in campus and that helped me then find some connections that that kind of broadened my circle a little bit but uh, that that first semester felt very lonely and very isolated.
0: Yeah that is that is I think one of our struggles we're still dealing with today right is that those first those first few months I mean I think about today right now I think you know, if you're listening to this right now, it's November 14th or 15th, November 15th, 2021. And our students right now are still struggling with some of the things you're talking about. I, I've, I've yeah. heard, of, you know, we're just coming out of a pandemic, too, but it's still almost the same feeling of the stressful feeling isolated and not really sharing how to fit in and belong. And That's what we're here to hopefully uh, let you know that you're not alone out there. And yeah. there's plenty of people who are going to be going through this. Uh, Stephen also mentioned he was an RA uh, in the last one as well, and I've been telling everyone uh, that that's like a first-gen boot camp kind of because you get to learn all the resources on campus. Uh, so when you were talking about that isolation a little bit, uh, what and you you to your mentors and you had your 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 friend Antoine. Uh, what is there another piece that kind of helped you get through that, or is it just taking some time and waiting for that first semester to get over to get really into the organizations and things like that?
1: So to be honest, I had a, a psychology professor, who was a a, a full time child psychologist, and after that first semester, I, I did. I, I mean, I, we didn't call it therapy then, mm-hmm. but I I did therapy with him twice a month um, to help me navigate that experience I was having on 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 campus, and and Dr. Bill McNeil was his name, and and. He was a phenomenal faculty member. I loved his teaching because he brought in his, his real world experience to whatever the content we were talking about. I it mean, made it, it, made it brought it alive to me. And then he just really, he, he just cared about me he just. And then he was on the board of an organization called The Lighthouse and he, he, he hooked me up with a job. So after my first year at Nebraska Weston, I started working at The Lighthouse, which my job at Lighthouse that I started at 19, the summer after my freshman year in college led to every other job I've had. All my it was like professional skill development, and so um, so I'm really fortunate to to Dr. McNeil. And then I had other faculty. My advisor was Dr. Aya Quina who was in the sociology department. Uh, Hayden Patrick Hayden Roy was a history professor who was really instrumental. Dr. Scott Corbett, who was a history professor, um, Tanya Horn, who was worked in admissions, but she was also kind of like the multicultural student support person. And uh, so I was very fortunate that I'd had a number of faculty and staff uh, that looked out for me.
0: That's all. That's awesome. and, and so when, I uh, think about that, if you can remember back to when you were, were you the one that reached out or were they the ones that are like, hey, TJ, come, come talk to me. Uh, I know you might be struggling. Or were you like, I need to seek this person out?
1: My psychology professor, first semester of my first year, there was some writing assignment we did where I talked about how I was feeling early on. And then he he initiated the outreach after oh, that, okay. yeah. And then uh, my advisor, I kind of, I sought him out in part because I wanted to minor in black studies. And I said, we don't have black studies, but well, we can create this American minorities minor.
0: Mm-hmm. And I okay. saw that he was
1: open. I saw that he was open to those kinds of things. So I, he kind of drew me in. And then Tanya who worked in admissions, I had known her when I was, visiting campus and so she was like a familiar face and she was black so I could go talk to her and like literally shut her door and say man this is crazy that I'm dealing with
0: yeah yeah I can only I mean I can only imagine obviously I'm a white male I, I can only you say what only six uh, people are black students in your, yeah. in your college and university and the rest of Wesley in our I first year imagine. class in first our year first, class. a few there were a few upper class but in that first year class in the first year class yeah but still I mean that's still I mean, yeah, if you multiply the numbers, that's 24, right? I mean, it's a small percentage. Yeah. Um, and so I can only imagine. And so I think that's really important as we're talking, and, and hopefully, students will be listening to this to be like, you got to reach out to some people who have, might have familiar um, experiences as you. Like, you know, if you're dealing with that feeling like you're fitting in uh, and you're a person of color, Brian's probably not the best person, maybe, to go to. Uh, and finding those people on campus, that, and there's there are there are people. It's not completely all uh, all white uh, people out here. Uh, there are people of color who are in higher positions, like TJ, like even Stephen as well, who can really help some people with that experience if you're looking for that. I think it's really important uh, yeah. if you're if you're feeling that way to reach out um, yeah. and see if you can have a conversation. And uh, as far as I know, people here at Nebraska Nice is a big thing here. Uh, and people will will gladly accept a uh, you know having some coffee or a lunch to talk to you and, and, and feel uh, and, and kind of help you through that that process and that transition yep.
1: well and, and and for those students of color in particular first and generation students I feel like that's why I'm here and so it, it really is not it's not an addition for me it's not an addition to the job it is the job yeah and so, so I, and when I first started, I heard from some 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 Black students how important it was, how few people of color, how few Black in particular, folks they had access to. So it, it became a real important high priority for me to make sure that I'm available and accessible to students. In fact, I'm gonna meet with a student who emailed me on Friday and to meet to me, me uh, nice. who I've not, who will, this will be my first time meeting with a student. So I try to avail myself and, and make myself available to students for that, that thing. Cause it's, it's, it's really important. I think when you're navigating higher ed to have some mentors, you can literally touch, mm-hmm. you can literally go into their office or meet them for coffee and you can literally ask them questions
0: yeah. in,
1: in, in, in person. I think that's so important. So, um, and I've actually started trying to like formalize, like the I'm trying to quantify that work so that when I do my, you know my goals and when I talk about where I'm trying to do is that that part of it is, is built into what I'm doing every day
0: yeah and I think that's really important I, I would say I've been at a few campuses um and for all you other TJ is the assistant vice chancellor for student affairs right that's a a, a very uh, I mean it's pretty big tile I mean it's like three steps away from the chancellor roughly <laughs> right, right? Mm-hmm. of the unit of the university right yeah that's a big deal he's modest But there's a, there's a, there's there's several assistant vice chancellors. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I get it. You know what I'm saying? If you look at the the hierarchy and when I've been at other campuses, this, at your position, there's not many uh, people reaching out for students and and on a Friday and then meeting with them on a Monday uh, is what I'm trying to say. So if you're a Nebraska student, you have to take, and we're a large big 10, we're a big 10 university. Um, And so this is a really opportunity to, to, you know, use the you, you. use your resources, right? And uh, TJ well, is just well, a great well, resource.
1: Well, to that point, I don't think anybody should work in student affairs if they're not going to put students first. And for me, it 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 puts all the other aspects of the job in context and in perspective. If I'm having regular communication with students,
0: yeah. Well said. That is that is well. So so I, I, so some people might be curious. Okay, we talked a little bit about your position. Like, what is your job? Uh, like where, So what was your major, I guess? I, 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 not, I actually don't know what your major was. And how did you get into this position? And yeah, uh, we talked a little bit about your why, but yeah. It's That's an out.
1: interesting saga. So my undergraduate degree is in sociology. Mm-hmm. I actually went planning to be a history social science teacher, ended up getting a degree, degree in sociology. I had minors in women's studies and American minorities because I was planning to teach and I, I wanted to incorporate those perspectives into my teaching and you can't teach what you don't know. So I, I minored in those two subjects. And then uh, I did my master's at the university in education and it was really, I was really focused on K-12 education at that time. And it was really about um, the academic success of black males. That was most of my, I was, that was my big focus in my, in my, in my master's program. I kind of lucked out in the higher ed. I, I wasn't intending on coming to higher ed. That wasn't my plan. I had been a nonprofit administrator for 20 years. And so um, I was I was actually working for the public schools on an initiative to increase graduation rates of, demog- of groups of students that didn't, weren't graduating at, at a high level. So students of color and pregnant and parenting teens, uh, students who had been involved with the justice system. So I was working on initiatives to increase graduation rates. I'd, I'd done that for about four years. And uh, I'd also served on the board of governors in Nebraska-West Union. My board term had finished and the president <laughs> asked me to breakfast and I didn't realize it at the time it was a job interview. <laughs> and uh, I think it was about a month after we had breakfast that I started working at Nebraska West And I went as an assistant dean of students uh, focused primarily on diversity, equity and inclusion work. And every year I was there for four years. And every year uh, I added, I got added my title change and I got new responsibilities. So in my second year, I added Title IX Coordinator. In my third year, I became Associate Vice President, overseeing Human Resources and Athletics, and continued as a Title IX Coordinator. And then in my fourth year, I became the Vice President and oversee, oversaw what we would think of as Student Affairs. But in the small Division III area, I, the Athletic Director also reported to me, so I oversaw Athletics as well.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, that's, that's a lot. And then yeah. you made the transition over here to UNL. Yeah.
1: And then I, I, I knew someone who told me that university was restructuring student affairs and that I'd be a great fit for this assistant vice chancellor for student life and leadership. And so, I, you know, I, I didn't know if I'd be qualified. I didn't know if I would, you know, I was new to higher ed, I would be going from a, a school with 1500 students to a school with 25,000, you know, just, um, but I went through it and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful I did. I, I love being here. I, I love, the work that I do every day.
0: That's great. That's that's awesome. And so we talked a little bit about the, the why, and I think yeah. um, if for for those that know TJ, I think one of his interview questions is, "Who do you work for?" Uh, if you don't say students, you're probably not going to get hired, right? No, um, yeah. And so I think that's so. Talk a little bit more about you. A little bit more of the why. Uh, we we know that you're here for, for students, working for the students. Uh, but what what's the thing that's like going to get you out of bed every day to to help those students?
1: So. I believe that whenever we go through challenging times in our life, trials and tribulations, whenever we go through those tough things in life, that the reason why we go through them is so that when we get to the other side of that challenge, that then we can reach back and help those who are going through a similar challenge. So for me, I see now on this side how incredibly transformative a college education has been. For my own life, in terms of the doors it's opened and opportunities it's given me, for just the experiences that my children have had, um, you know, I, I was, it, it was, the, the high school students were taking the ACT a couple, couple, I don't know, a month ago or so. So we were talking about it, and when I was a senior in high school, I didn't know what the ACT was, and so all I understood was that it was a call, a test that you needed to take to get into college. You needed to get a twenty in order to get in. So I took the ACT, got a 21 and did no prep or nothing and was like super excited. You know, like I got a 21, like I won the lottery or something. And I remember, you know, talking about it with my friends. And, you know, it was like, man, I got a 21. I got I, I can get into college now. And my friends were like, man, you're smart. You got a 21. And so I had no idea what it was. Fast forward, my daughter, who's now a senior in Nebraska-Westland, she gets a 29 and my son got a 32. Um, I grew up in a home where there were very few books that were owned in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my kids grew up around books and my, my son has a library and my, my daughter. Had, so, so the, the transformative is not only was my college education transformative for me, but it's been transformative for the next generations in my family. And so I see that power. So for me, it's all about helping the, the next generation, helping them navigate. If, if I can do something, to make their, high, their college education a little easier, to make the navigation a little less stressful, to let them know there's at least one person in their corner cheering for them, supporting them, you know, polling for them, and it allows them to get through the other side so that they can experience a transformative power of education. That's why I'm here.
0: That is, that is well said. I can't say anything else to that, that is well said. Um, and so before we leave today, what is that one piece of advice that you have for, our first-gen uh, students
1: here at UNL? Find an accountability partner.
0: Now, I, I talk about
1: it a lot. It's, it's become more valuable to me as I look back on my own experience. When I think back to what really was the difference for me, it was, it was and of course, I didn't know it at the time. Antoine being my roommate and being someone who, who I spent a lot of time with, we really held each other accountable. We had similar goals in terms of, you know, GPA and all that kind of stuff. And our academic excellence and our focus, we had similar career aspirations. And so we just like, we didn't, we, we, we never talked about it. We just said, hey, we, we just encourage each other. And so the way that worked for me is that there were days when I didn't feel like doing the work. Like I didn't feel like going to class or writing the paper. Antoine so was like, nah T, come on, let's get let's get this work in. And there were days when he didn't feel like it. And I could say, nah, Antoine, let's let's get this work in. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, we both graduated at 3.8. You know, and one of the coolest things I'll I'll ever um, experience in my life is I was the vice president at Nebraska Westland. So I'm on the stage with the administrative team in the cap and gown at commencement. And Antoine received an honorary doctorate, and he was our keynote speaker at a commencement. Mm-hmm. And it was so like surreal to be sitting there on the stage, looking out at the at the the grads and their families and this joyous occasion. And my guy, my accountability partner, is the keynote speaker getting an honorary doctorate. And you know, we we reflect on that a lot. And and so find you know find someone who's who's going to hold you accountable, who's going to push you to excel and achieve. You know, find someone who's going to. Gonna who wants the best for you and isn't gonna let you settle for anything less than the best for yourself.
0: Oh, that is great. Uh, that's good stuff. I'm gonna have to uh, clip that saying and just put it on repeat in our office. <laughs> um, so I really, I really appreciate that, um, TJ. So everyone, thank you. Make sure you get out and meet uh, TJ. Uh, I wouldn't say you know don't not a hundred people send him an email, but I'm sure he'll get to you if that happens. But uh, yeah. Make sure you get a chance to uh, meet TJ uh, in our office. Uh, he will, he's willing to help uh, work with our students. You know, former you know, first gen student himself, growing up through in Nebraska as well, which I think is important for those students who are maybe feeling uh, they're not sure how to connect to the university. TJ might be able to help you uh, get through that. As always, if you are listening or watching on YouTube, feel free to check in with us. Use this QR code or head to our link. Uh, to click and say, Hey, I watched this episode of this podcast or listen, and I want to know more. I want some more resources or, Hey, I want to learn about this. Give us some comments, give us some feedback. Also let us know that you came in so we can add you onto our list to say that you watched. And then as always, we are on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Uh, Feel free to look for us trio of 30 talks uh, again on iTunes and Spotify listen to us, give us a five-star rating. If you want, uh, give us some comments, give us some feedback. We're always looking for that. Uh, So check us out trio 30 talks. And then if you're looking for us on social media, we are at UNL trio scholars on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Again, check it out. Check us out. UNL trio scholars. Again, that does it for another episode of trio 30 talk TJ. Thank you so much. Uh, I know you're very busy for, uh, scheduling 30 minutes with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope our students are able to learn a lot from you. Again, thank you so much. Uh, Any last thoughts? Thanks
1: for having me. Thanks for doing this. And and thanks for having me. And and thanks for all that you do to
0: support TRIO scholars every day. So I'm grateful to you. Thank you very much. Uh, And everyone, as always, uh, go Big Reds.